Yes, welcome, 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 show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Hollywood week to come, this is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW, I am your co-host Mike One, this is co-host also Mike, also Mike here, I can't believe I'm alive, I went to a concert last night, partied like it was 2009 yesterday, literally, because that was the last time I saw (laughs) this band, in 2009, it was their 10th anniversary, this was like their 20th anniversary, I this one wasn't their 20th anniversary show. Right. So it's my morning jacket. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing I watched this week, getting ahead of schedule here. So it's just, <laughs> it was great. They're awesome. Like, my brother had a quote where he's like, uh, I feel like, you know, the sound just envelops you, that you're, you're in the song. I, I, love I thought brother. that was great. I yeah. love your brother very much. His musical taste is like throwing a, a hardware set of wrenches against the wall in a garage. Yeah, it's pr- partially my fault, though. <laughs> no, is it? Okay. I'm a 90s guy, and I grew up in grunge, <laughs> and I like grunge. So, yeah, I take some credit for that. But, Mike, 10 years ago, here was the uh, the audience. It was 95% bearded men mm-hmm. and 5% non-bearded men. Right. I was one of the 5%. Uh-huh. This time, it was split right down the middle. Oh, I wow. mean, there was at one point, like, I don't know what happened in the last 10 years, where I was just surrounded by beautiful hippie win- women dancing. <laughs> I was like, this is paradise. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just being, I got to be, you know, I'm having fun. But, I mean, people just dancing everywhere. It was, it was a blast. Was that the case last night? Yeah, last night. That was last night. Were they bearded women? They were not bearded All right, women. even better. All right, well, I mean, hey, teach It didn't, wouldn't matter, but right. it was just... Yeah, of course. Uh, we're doing this, by the way, on the 36th anniversary of the third... I didn't know there was more than one, but apparently there was at least three Smokey and the Bandit movies. Really? Yeah, didn't do well at the box office. Grow $7 million on a $9 million budget. That's fascinating. <laughs> keep these segments coming. Thank you very much. Hey, speaking of segments, we got to keep coming. we got a lot of news to start off we with. We do. Let's go into some news of the week. News, 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 Three headlining stories this week. We'll start with the softballs before we get into something where I'm probably going to yell. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, twelve ninety nine a month for Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu. This is coming out as a bundle. UFC fans, Peyton Manning fans are happy with ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> sure. Hulu is what now? That's uh, Handmaid's Tale? Yes, that is, that is Handmaid's Tale. I think that's the... Uh, the I had Hulu one with uh, yeah. Aaron Paul had like a cult show on there. I think I could be wrong. Right. I've never had Hulu, so I don't know. I'm I had it, and I never really sunk my teeth in this stuff. There, I, I did it for eleven twenty two sixty three for a little bit with the Stephen King. Okay, they would have some movies here or there that I'd I like. I feel like Hulu is the one you go to if you just completely cut the cord with cable. If you cut the cord, you want all the right. access to the TV shows, right? right. And I, I mean, you know, we, we pay have eight thousand dollars a month yeah. for cable here so because we're we like clicking around the, the horn with the, chant, the clicker here. It's dumb. It's probably eighty four. <laughs> it's probably smarter to go three dollars a month with Hulu and then three dollars a month for ESPN Plus. I'm not going to learn my lesson there, but I will buy this package as everyone else. Will. Everyone's going thirteen dollars a month for Disney Plus. And this is all just part of their big scam here to run the world but no brainer the article here from variety goes on to describe that on day one disney plus is going to have 300 movie titles ready to stream going to add another additional 100 by the end of the year uh, while expecting to operate at a 900 million dollar loss just in q4 so just for this one quarter they're going to say that this whole enterprise is going to cost them 900 million dollars which is why dark phoenix being responsible for their losing money is bullshit 
but you can hear me yell about that in our last Oscar race checkpoint episode that we released this past weekend. But are Who's you saying Dark Phoenix is responsible for them losing money? They did in quarter. Th- they say quarter three. Quar- Dark they Fe- lost Dark money Phoenix in quarter was- three. Yeah, for, lo- after Dumbo, Dark Phoenix, I'm, all that. I'm shit. telling you, they said it was a it took a hit on their earnings. Um, but, but hold on, Avengers was quarter three, wasn't it? No, Avengers, oh, Avengers was, was quarter. Oh, oh, quarter Q2. one. Yeah, depending on how quarter, they, where they, the quarter, cutoff is. Probably quarter two. Yeah, but, April, right? Yeah, yeah. So it depends on where their cutoff is. But the, Mike, they had Spider Man, Toy Story four. We just went on Aladdin. This is you, the Lion to my King. Side. Four one billion <laughs> yeah. dollar properties. Yeah, was that quarter smells a little fishy, huh? Was that, that the quarter... one Fox property that didn't do well is responsible for sinking their earnings? That seems a little weird. This makes no sense. Yeah. How did they lose money with four one billion dollar properties? I'm just telling you what I read. But uh, are you surprised, Mike, to hear that they're only putting out four Marvel films on Disney Plus to start? Yes, I figured they would have. Most of the MCU. They say it's going to be all Star Wars. All the Star Wars films will be there from the jump. Oh, okay. Only four Marvel films to start. They're going to have a bunch of Disney animated. It classics, makes some obviously. sense though because they're trying to sell these. Rolling out slow, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What's the price point that you would think that would give you pause to actually buy this? You get Hulu, you get uh, Disney Plus, you get ESPN Plus. Nat Geo, I think, has a thing in there as well. It would have to be thirty dollars a month. God, that high. It would have to be that high. Wow. I mean, otherwise we're, we're we're watching these Marvel shows. We're watching the Monsters Inc. show. I don't know about you. I'm watching the Monsters <laughs> Inc. show. I, I'm in for all the uh, short films, the Pixar short films. I'm in for a lot of that stuff. And then you add ESPN Plus for all the UFC yeah. stuff, and yeah, it's Hulu's like a bonus. I mean, look, seven dollars a month is is good too. If you just if you don't want to if you don't want the other two at all. Yeah, ESPN Plus is crack for a gambling junkie too. Is oh it? my god! You, you like you got an itch and you're trying to watch that App State game at 4 p.m. on a Saturday. Then <laughs> oh. there, do it, don't do it. What did Netflix do to respond? So the big Netflix story this week was that David Benioff and DB Weiss, these are the co-creators of Game of Thrones, they signed a 200 million dollar deal to develop projects over at Netflix. I cannot believe the number for them is that big, Mike, because we have another guy, a friend of the pod, George. I call him George. <laughs> Wasn't he, like, responsible for that whole story? He pretty much is. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Before Game of Thrones, Benioff wrote 25th Hour, X-Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. the Kite Runner. He was, a, like, an adaptation guy. He did Kite Runner. He did the Suzanne Beyer Brothers remake, Troy, Gemini. He wrote the script for Gemini Man. And D.B. Weiss was a relative unknown, just a, a producer credit on the specials, which I think was a music documentary. Mm-hmm. So these guys don't have like a litany of... They're not J.J. Abrams where they've jumped around and everything they've touched has been gold. Well, that's kind of my breakdown and my analysis of this. They are not J.J. Abrams yet. They are currently in bed with Disney. They're being entrusted with a Star Wars trilogy. So right now you're looking at $200 million for the both of them. Yeah, that seems a little outrageous. But if they become J.J. Abrams through their Star Wars work, they put out another hit somehow with a TV show right. maybe along the way... All of a sudden, $200 million for the next J.J. Abrams kind of seems like a bargain. Yeah, I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love Game of Thrones. you're a big Game of Thrones guy. I'm a big fan. I think a lot of credit should go to George, but I don't know. Like, if you... R.R. Martin, by the way, is who George is in this scenario. George. (laughs) Look, I mean, if this is a sports analogy, are they the free agent coming from winning teams that is... legitimately a great player is, mm. are, is this like kevin durant or Kawhi Leonard coming off a championship team worth every penny or is this 
You ready for deep cuts, folks? <laughs> Alvin Harper, Cowboys, or Bobby Bonilla uh, Bobby to Bonilla the Mets? is the greatest sports hero of all time. Still getting paid by the Mets to this Still day. getting paid. That contract was an albatross. So you're, you're hitting on something that also, that also piqued my interest as far as the sports comparison, too, because we see this, and this is happening in business today. We, a lot of times... Sometimes you bring in a guy, not because he adds that much value to your team, but just because you keep him away from your closest competitor. And, uh, you know, A-Rod did this when he came over to the Yankees. The Yankees got him. They didn't really need A-Rod. They needed mm-hmm. the third baseman, but they certainly didn't need A-Rod. They got him so the Red Sox wouldn't get him. We just saw WWE do this. They they signed Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff to executive deals. Do they need Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff in executive deals? No, but that guarantees that AEW, the new upstart wrestling company, can't get their hands on them. So is it more about Benioff and Weiss, or is it more about, you know, maybe keeping them away from Disney Plus and Hulu and all this, you know, Amazon? Because we read in that article, that Hollywood Reporter article, all those big streaming services, Benioff and Weiss had their pick. Everybody yeah. was making pitches to them. How much money does Netflix have? Yeah, it's, well, I my don't think it's the money. God. I think it's the debt sheet. <laughs> debt sheet? Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought they got in trouble last quarter themselves. Hey. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. They need a hit, I think. I think yeah. Benioff and Weiss got to come out with a hit with Netflix. I think that's for sure. Again, though, you're dealing, I mean... We have the Star Wars trilogy guys mm-hmm. in-house. They are exclusive to us. That can't be a bad thing, right? I mean, even right now, if Netflix signed Ryan Johnson and every The Last Jedi was so polarizing, he's still Ryan Johnson of The Last Jedi. Now, Benioff and Weiss still doing the Star Wars movie? That's how the article made it sound, yeah. They're in bed to do that trilogy. So they're doing a trilogy that's for Disney. Word. And then, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big deal. The other big story, Mike, you got some fire for here. Let's uh, let's get into it. Universal cancels the hunt. This was a trailer we reviewed last week with Betty Gilpin and uh, Hillary Swank in, in the trailer. It was kind of a Running Man, most dangerous game mm-hmm. sort of meld. Uh, a lot of guns involved, of course, and there were some comments made by our commander in chief. Yeah, there was some outcry all over the internet. And we have a movie getting canceled or delayed, I guess. No, they, they said they pulled it for the for, for at least the foreseeable future. There's nobody that stepped up and said they're going to do it in an art house filming. And, and for our and, money, and the streaming. trailer was good. So we're like the Petri dish for this because we had the unfortunate task of actually reviewing that trailer after those awful, awful tragedies happened in Dayton and right. El Paso, right? So we And we said, this is nothing but unfortunate timing. This is no fault of the studios. You know, we went into the review of the trailer like that, and then it's pulled a week later because mm-hmm. our president uh, decided to go on a rant about Hollywood on Twitter and on, I, I presume, Fox and Friends or something like that. Yeah. Um, this is stupid. I, where's the buck stop before we actually turn around and say, hey, maybe we should look at the guns? Because in the last week alone, we've had it's the video game's fault. Right. It's the movie's fault now. Right. Like, w- are we just going to get into the society where we restrict access to absolutely everything? Mm-hmm. But it's okay to still buy an AR-15 off the shelf. Yeah, Columbine was the fault of Marilyn Manson. This this is right. this has been done so many times before. Now look, when 9/11 happened, and you had like a disaster movie where buildings came down, we all like we get the fact that delaying the hunt. If you have shoot, if it's a shoot 'em up movie, delaying the hunt makes some sense, and delaying a lot of those pictures where. New York and the whole world would have been sensitive to falling buildings, etc. Like, think about San Andreas. Donnie Darko got pulled because of 9-11. There was a bunch of movies that got pulled, that got delayed, that got moved to the next year. I can understand some of that. I can understand this, too, but 
the fact that they get blamed is bullshit. The, the biggest comparison, the closest analogy, is the interview, which happened in 2014 when North Korea yeah. hacked Sony yeah. and they made a big threat saying that they were going to... They, they made a threat online saying they would attack theaters and they'd be akin to 9-11 if Sony showed this movie and Sony got scared and they pulled it and it ended up right. on Netflix and that was a big hullabaloo. I'm even more under. I, I still think that was the wrong move as well. President Obama even came out at the time saying that was the wrong move during mm-hmm. his end of the year address. But I'm even more understanding of something like that because at least you have a direct, you know, A to B correlation. Yes. That's not here. No, but we understand how a shoot 'em up movie, any shoot 'em up movie, would be t- a tough watch nowadays. We even sure. commented on the fact that the Tarantino films that we were yeah. reviewing were tough yeah. watches. I don't, I don't disagree with the idea that some people may have problems. Yeah, I get that. So delay it, and and is that the worst thing in the world? But, but why, my, Mike? My problem is why is art the first thing that's restricted? Right. Why do we go to the or the, the catharsis yeah. world to to pull all these things back? Look, you and I agree with Tarantino on this. You know, c- violence in cinema is not. <laughs> It's not violence. Problem. Yeah, it's not violence. It's not real violence. <laughs> right. Now, look, I think lines can be crossed. I think it's a matter of degree. I think I torture porn is unhealthy for people to watch. I think some levels of violence are unhealthy for people to watch. But it, when it's done artistically, when it's not done gratuitously, and a lot of things are, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we can debate that all day, but just violence in general in a, in a film. Obviously, we wouldn't have done the whole Tarantino series rewatch if yeah. we felt that way. And then there's the whole question of does this happen at all if Trump doesn't go on his tirade? So is this a direct, is this a correlation of you're trying to protect people's feelings as a direct result of the those these senseless tragedies? Or is this a direct result of the president threw some barbs at you and you're cowering in the face of that? And if it's the latter, I have an even bigger problem with yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Because, that, I mean, now we're talking about government restriction and censorship. And his agenda here is influencing these companies to the point where you, you get worried. Like, what if he says something else? Exactly. I, I mean, this is this is a, a dictatorship state. This is how it starts, right? I mean, historically, it doesn't start with one big changing of the guard. It starts by incremental changes where the government seeps more and more control because the guy at the top of the food chain says it's so. That's the truth of the matter. Look, I, I, I'm not there yet. I, I'm, not there, I, I'm not saying we're in a dictatorship by any means. No. I'm saying if this happened as a direct result of because Trump said something about it, shame on Universal. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I, I we can see the other side of the coin where, all right, we, we have all these shootings. It's a nightmare. We're living in a sh- shoot 'em up reality. So get the shoot 'em ups out of the theaters yeah. for a let year. Me, let me clarify Let's my contextualize. position. Uh, well, I, 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 that's yeah. it, though. You agree with what I, I'm saying. I, I, I still disagree. I, I do disagree. I think you should show it, but I understand. I'm more yeah. willing to accept that argument. Yeah. As opposed to if it's just Trump and it's just Universal cowering in the face of government administration, oh, I have no... Th- we also haven't seen the movie. Like, if this movie's gratuitous shoot 'em up violence... Did it look like that type of movie? I, no, it, it didn't in I the mean, trailer. You know, but I, we know it's the most dangerous game. It could be a... You know, yeah, but the most dangerous game is a whole commentary on the power I agree. struggle of well, classism. That's what I'm saying. It could you know? be an artistic right. approach to this problem. And that's certainly what it seemed like in the trailer. I mean, Hilary Snake is in our yeah. high heels in this mansion. I agree. You know? I don't know if I'm making that assumption, but if it's like The Running Man, then it's it, it is a satire, it's right. a critique of the culture. Right. Then I, I'm with you as well. But if it's 
the purge, which is also a critique of the culture. And that's there's a so lot of shoot 'em up. Come out and talk about the purge too. If right. yeah, if that's the you know like like there's just so many. It, no, it's just this movie. Just because this guy opened his mouth, it's how it, it's how it reads to me. There's more guns fired in Twenty One Bridges. <laughs> that trailer, right? Right. right. I, mean, I mean, look at the freaking fired. Terminator trailer we're going to review today. Yeah. <laughs> It's you it's nothing. Yeah, literally, it's constant. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't like any of it. I'm more understanding of one side of the argument. I at least will willing to accept it. The other, I'm just not. I'm sorry. That's where I fall on it. Okay. Uh, let's go into do we care? Talking about some hopefully lighter and less heavy new subjects. Yes. This is the Do You Care segment. This is where we take news stories of the week. We ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them? The way we start every Do You Care segment is that I ask Mike about this week's upcoming releases. Got a pretty big slate going on this week My as far God. as new releases go. August 14th, Nationwide, Angry Birds 2 comes out. Be on the lookout for that during our Oscar Sprint Profile series. That was a joke. Mission Mangle also it actually got limited. decent reviews, though, did it? Stop it. We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> August 16th, Nationwide, 47 meters down, Uncaged. Good boy. Boys and Where'd You Go, Bernadette, all open up nationwide. Aquarella, which is not something I'm familiar with, uh, opens limited on the 16th as well. What do we care about in this slate, Mike? I do care about Aquarella. Aquarella, I can't even say it. It is about water. Water is the protagonist. It's a documentary about water. Following it around the world. Oh, cool. It is bizarre. It's something that looks like you'd go see at a film festival. I heard some best documentary buzz for it, I think, a while back. So I'm kind of into that. Look, if I'm using my three watches at AMC A-List this week, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing Good Boys. Yes. I meant to see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I was going to see that last week. I didn't get to it. Mm -hmm. I was dancing. seen mixed reviews on that, to be honest. Yeah, I was dancing with uh, bearded men and beautiful women. It was great (laughs) the other night. uh, He didn't mention that. Good for you. And uh, I think the other one right now is Where'd You Go, Bernadette, just for Kate Kate Blanchett. If nothing else, she looks like she's going... Balls to the wall in that performance, for lack of a better term. So I'll go to the movies twice, maybe once, if I can handle a triple th- feature, but I don't think I will. Yeah. I think it's a double feature. That would be a hell of a triple feature. <laughs> nah, I don't even have time for a triple. It'll be a double feature one of Scary these Scary stories, good boys, and then finishing off with <laughs> Kate Blanchett's. But what would you see that. first, Scary Stories or Good Boys? Good Boys. I'm very excited for Good Boys. But in a double feature scenario, you would see Good Boys before, or would you leave? No, no, no. I would end on Good Boys. Right, I yeah. would definitely end on Good Boys. All right, so that's yeah. what I'll do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Mike Venom Two officially hires Andy Circus Gollum himself to direct. Do you care? A part of me does. I have hope. Andy Circus seemed to be okay with the Jungle Book, even though it was kind of meh reviews. Yeah. That's re- he doesn't really have a whole lot of directorial cachet on his resume. Obviously, it's Sony. They're going to give him a boatload of money because the first Venom made a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fertile ground as far as Spider-Man villainy and Spider-Man characters you could bring in and introduce to the Venom world to set up this maybe more lush space for if Spider-Man ever does come back into the fold with Sony. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll trust it. I mean, he's the master of motion, motion capture, so he's going to know how to make this... That's got to help, right? I would think. Do you want a Tom Hardy-looking Venom or do you think Venom looks cool as he is? Man, that is such a tough question. There were some scenes I was like, yes, I've waited 20 years to see this Venom on screen. And then there's others where he's like in the woods and the Venom takes over. And it's like, I thought you were just 18 feet tall. Why are you like eye to eye with Michelle Williams right now? That movie's awesomely bad. Yeah, <laughs> really there's, a really lot of, there's a lot of high and lows. It, it might be the most 
awesomely bad project, actors, the quality of Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy, right. and Woody Harrelson to a lesser extent, have ever been involved in. So do we think this is going to become a thing now? Or is it already a thing, Mike? We're basically taking some of the best villains... We have Venom, massive success. The Joker getting his own movie. Harley Quinn is leading Birds of Prey for DC. So DC's talking about it. Maleficent. Yeah, yeah, DC's doing it times two. Malef- Maleficent for Disney. That's a great point. We got three villain franchises now. Is this the new thing? Like, we're we going to get a Magneto series of movies when the X Men come to the MCU. The most curious I I've been about any of this is that it's just cool. I love Venom. I love the Venom character. I love Carnage. I hope he plays a big role. I love that whole yep. character. Um, though those were some of my favorites growing up. But what Disney's doing with Maleficent, and we've talked about it here before. If they're leading up to a trilogy there, mm-hmm. and that third piece is going to be the Sleeping Beauty movie remade, I think that's really cool. I like that approach a lot. You're seeing it all from the villain, the quote-unquote villains, because they're anti-heroes in their own films now, right. perspective of how we got to this point where we were all conditioned to see this IP one way as kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Sleeping Beauty movie, we're conditioned that Maleficent is the evil sorcerer. She's the bad guy. And now we're seeing a more well-rounded character throughout these three movies. I like that idea. So if that's where if we're going to these villain properties where we're gonna have a Venom trilogy, right? And it goes to a different. That's his first battle with Spider Man is at the end of that trilogy. I like that. I like the the building up to a storyline we know, but we already have background by seeing things through the villain's eyes as an antihero or a protagonist. If Tom Hardy like looks in the mirror and then he's all of a sudden Topher Grace, not, you're not into that. <laughs> I would like that. You My would... brother would flip <laughs> out. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is they would have to build it to something we're familiar with, build it to a main Venom Spider-Man story. I don't. Well, we don't have going that. right. Yeah. I mean, that's you would think that's what the whole point of this universe is. This Venom universe is to bring Spider-Man into it. No. That's what I would assume. I would agree with that. I think, yeah, but they're going to focus on these three movies. They're going to focus on how many Spider-Verse movies right. first. That's the way it seems to me because Phase 4 is through 2021. You'll probably get a new Venom movie, a third Venom movie by 2021, they're right? Probably, a second Spider-Verse movie. I would think that right now they're probably playing it safe, too. Like, yes, the idea is that the Spider-Man will come back, so we'll have it laid out in case he does come right. back. But if we need to divert course... We'll just build a Venom universe. We'll make another deal with Marvel. They can keep Spider-Man if, you know, I think Sony or Marvel's going to have to end up paying through the nose for that to happen. But but our best guess, do we have three Spider-Verse, three Venom movies before Spider-Man reverts back to Sony? And then, Well, we know we're getting, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah, because yeah. we know we're getting at least two Venom so, yeah, and three yeah, Spider-Man right now. And Spider-Man earliest could come out is 2022. Something with like that, yeah. And the MCU, yeah. Spider-Man 3, MCU 3. So... Yeah, we're, we got plenty of time for Spider-Verse 2 and 3, yeah. plenty of time for Venom 3, definitely Venom 2. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, they're going to reunite for a horror comedy TV series about paranormal investigators, which was purchased by Amazon, Michael, do we care? Oh, of course I do. I'm watching this immediately. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those TV show announcements where I see it and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to binge in. that yeah. ASAFP, and I, I'm totally just in for this. I, I watch anything these guys do. I love the Cornetto trilogy, and it really... F- is on brand for them. They're down and out. They're man children, and they're my heroes. So it's about let, right. I care. There's not a lot to say about this. I care too. This will be funny. Everything we do is funny. Why would we start doubting them now? Mike, it chapter two use de aging effects for losers club members. So this is like a kid who went through puberty, grew a foot. Some of these kids re- had growth spurts, yeah. and they used de-aging effects. What's going on with all these de-aging effects? So is the de-aging on the kids? On the kids. 
So they're not using them on the adults to make them look like the kids. How do you use it on the kids? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm curious. Can you imagine, though? Here's my question. Are we about to be in a world where Tarantino puts Leo in The Great Escape and It Chapter 2 nails the de-aging technology to make these kids look younger than they are and yet Martin Scorsese is going to roll out that Robert De Niro that we saw in the first trailer for The Irishman? Like, is this the world we're really about to live in? We're living in. <laughs> we're living in. Deep fakes are going to go viral at some point, like, to the point where, you know, news is going to be literally faked. Oh, we're on the verge, man. I just started following this channel on YouTube. I can't remember the name of it, but all they do is deep fake videos. Mm-hmm. They had one scene where Bill Hader was on Conan's talk show or on, like, Colbert on these different talk shows impersonating these personalities. And when he did his impersonations, they put the guys, like, he did Tom Cruise. Right. And when he was talking like he was Tom Cruise, they put Tom Cruise's face on it. It's oh, seamless. God. It's horrifying oh god we're, yeah, no, we're in world, trouble world war three is gonna yeah. start because of this <laughs> yeah we're we are in trouble oh, i no. agree but oh. yeah i'll see it <laughs> <laughs> kiki lane mike and leslie jones they're gonna join eddie murphy in the coming to america sequel i also saw that wesley snipes is attached to have a part in this as well as james earl jones and arsenio hall what do we care about this oh i love it so much i i re-watched the original a few months back and it was still hilarious if we're getting a does full... that hold is it is it as proper do the jokes not be offensive in 2019? I don't remember being offended by okay. much. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm, think, a, I'm, a, always interested I'm a middle-aged yeah. white yeah. guy, so maybe I, <laughs> I wasn't offended because I'm an asshole. But I, I, if we're getting a full Eddie Assange, uh, this is exactly where I want it to yeah. go. I want this kind of remake. I want If we're going to get remakes, I want this kind of remake where Leslie Jones is the Ar- in the Arsenio Hall role, Kiki Lane's in the Eddie role, and you still have Eddie and James Earl Jones involved. <laughs> I just I love it so much. He Wesley Snipes, who's he playing? Uh, this, this is going to be great. Even if it's bad, it's going to be great. But don't worry, it's not going to be bad because it's going to be great. It's <laughs> some hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> and <laughs> what if they play multiple parts? That that would be awesome. Too. That like, would be Leslie Jones. I want to see in like four roles. I also like this mini James Earl Jones assance we got going on here yeah. that we're just kind of rolling him back out to relive his greatest hits. So he's the grandpa. Did he already abdicate the throne to Eddie? Is Eddie the king? That's a good and, question. Or is James Earl Jones still the king and Eddie's waiting for him to die or something? I don't know. Either way, I want it's going to be funny to see James Earl Jones as Eddie's father. Like that lineage is going to be really funny. We got to get him in the last Star Wars, right? He's got to have some kind of speaking role in Episode Nine, doesn't he? James I mean, if, he's, Jones? if he's reliving Mufasa, he's reliving his coming to America character, the trilogy of James Earl Jones. He's got to have some kind of role. It's like it doesn't have to be Vader because it wouldn't work canonically, but he's got to have some kind of speaking voice in Episode Nine. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know how you do that. I, but J.J. Abrams, he gets paid like, a lot of money to figure things like that you out. You want Wesley Snipes on the street <laughs> at, during the next Blade movie? I don't know how that you do has that. To happen. That's not. A I don't wish. think neither. That must happen. No, neither. Of those I won't see it. Happen. You won't see it then. You'll be the one. You'll be the one person not to see it with your silly grudge on the side of the road, just looking at it sad. And I, I will, I will point at you and I will say enough. Of a giant protest sign that just says snipes. Oh, I'm so sick of these grudges and this ridiculousness. Fine, you don't see it. I'm gonna hold you to that, you jerk. Mike Annapurna is exploring bankruptcy. Do you care? How much do you care? I care from the standpoint of they are 
one of the only studios that invest heavily in original properties. Now, it's been to their detriment lately. That's why they're in this circumstance. You can say that and probably shouldn't be a distributor. They should probably just be a production company. Yeah, That's a different argument for a different day. Um, but yes, I care because I think if they go under, this is awful for, Scary. for creative properties. Now, they have had... What's the opposite of the Midas Tuss? Yeah, touch? It's, been, it's been rough. Good movies. Yeah. They've made one good movie after the, yeah, the next. I think out of all these seven, I've seen six of them, and all of six, five of them have been good. Vice, if Beale Street could talk, Destroyer, The Sisters Brothers, Detroit, Brad Status, Professor Marston, and The Wonder Women. I like most of those movies, Mike. Detroit was made for 40, only made 24. Vice was made for 60, only made 76. If Beale Street could talk, was made for 20, only, I'm sorry, made for 12, only made 20. Sisters Brothers was made for 38, yeah. only made 13. That's just, just some highlights here. Every single one of their last seven films, 2017, 2018, they've, they've been bloodbaths yeah. at the box office. Yeah. So this is really not surprising, though. Megan Ellison is the head of that company. She's been fighting against bankruptcy for a while. Obviously, her father's a big wig in Hollywood, has been for a while. That's been like a family-funded production company. That's why they've been able to withstand a lot of the beatings they've taken over recent years. It's kind of catching up with them now. I hope they can figure this out without going under completely because, again, I mean, now we're even more desperate in the times where, you look, Disney, if this is your plan, if this is what you're going to do and kind of buy up all these companies and put all the little guys that don't, you know, one of these, if you're with me, you're, if you're either with me or against me, yeah. you're going to put companies like this out of business. Well, then it's on you. The burden is on you to put money into original properties because you can withstand the loss. And places like Annapurna obviously can't for that long. I think I'm going to change my tune a little bit because I want all of us to go see original properties. Like, yeah. Let's let's get our get the word out to our audience. Like bottom line, the only way this changes is if we go see new stuff and if we aren't just beholden to a franchise film to actually get off our ass and go see it in the movies because nothing's going to change until Vice is seen by more people. That was a better movie. Should it have had a sixty million dollar budget? Hell no. That they're they're overpaying yeah, for probably. the talent. Probably, uh, if Beale Street could talk, twelve million dollar budget. Why? Yeah. How does that not make money worldwide? Detroit, forty million dollar budget. It's probably a little too high. But you had Catherine Bigelow coming off Zero Dark Thirty. She's worth it. You know. Okay. Maybe that's the one misstep. And we still should be like there should be a company out there that's putting forty to sixty million dollars into original properties. That, that should that should be able to happen and make money. Uh, yeah. Ed, are these all gratuitous now? We've also seen Blumhouse be very smart about how they do original properties on a smaller scale. That's I, I take umbrage with that because that's all horror. Horror is a different animal. Different horror has been proven throughout history to be able to make money no matter how, whatever you do basically with the property. But it's hard to make Oscar quality work. Right. For budgets exactly. in the ten million dollars, uh, you know the highest budget in your mm -hmm. whatever production portfolio is ten million dollars. It's hard to do that with no. the Oscar films. Yeah, I feel awful about this. I truly do. I hope they can find some way that to make out. And I absolutely co-sign what you said. It's on us to go see these things when they're in theaters. That's why I want us to go see Ad Astra. By the way, I know it's a Disney property, but still, we got it. I mean, if people are if studios make these forty yeah. to sixty million dollar original property movies, they need to be seen. Well, we're gonna see it. Yeah. We will see it. Yeah. All right, Mike. The Lord of the Rings TV show is going to have a 20-episode first season. Yes! <laughs> Give me all of this. This is super exciting. You're very high on this. 20 episodes, Mike. What, what is this now? What are they... What are, are they just retelling the Lord of the Rings? 
Is it after no, the trilogy? It, there's ages to the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Like everything was. I don't. I don't. I'm not. He's organic. Oh, look, I'm a nerd. Growing suspenders as he talks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd about this, but I, I even I don't understand okay. this necessarily. Like I, I never read the Cimmerillion. There's. I think that's age one. And then age three is what you got with the actual Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Okay. And this is supposedly all age two. Okay. So, so this is Earth, leading up to the trilogy. The history of Middle Earth, which is the prehistory of, of Earth, mm-hmm. of course, goes a long way. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Mike, this is at least forty episodes of the Mike, Mike, and Emmy podcast, oh, right? Jesus I mean, Christ. we'll record one episode for each of the you know Amazon TV series episodes, and then we'll record another preview entirely in Elvish. You can learn Elvish. I mean, I I, I can learn Elvish. I mean, then we're in, right? I'm canceling my Amazon subscription immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, very I'm excited, excited for I, I Lord of the Rings has never been my thing. I watched the I actually never seen the third one. I watched the first two. I don't think I've ever seen Return of the King actually. But, How does that happen? How do you watch the first two and not see the third movie? Because it's not my bag, man. It's just not fantasy. But you like the first movie. You gotta go above and beyond. Like fantasy's just gotta grab me by the throat. Yeah. And no, drag if you me don't in. like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, you don't like fantasy no, at all. No, I'm not that. Guy. Those are the best I've just we got. Never been that guy. It's the best we got, the man. Best. If you don't like that, then there's nothing else I could do for you. If you don't like the, the filet mignon, you don't like a cut of good cut of steak. I hope this TV show is everything you people need but it to be. This is cool because it's like doing the network TV model. You're getting yeah. 20 episodes a long first season. Let's go, man. That's yeah. cool. Okay, Mike. Big story here. And are you kidding me? <laughs> I just want to know. Are you kidding me, MoviePass? They changed passwords so that some people, particular people, couldn't yeah. use the service? Did the people, they do this the to us? On their, the people on their highest subscription service, they changed the password to. Oh, my That's what I read. God. Um, look. This is fraud. Fraud. Blatant <laughs> criminal fraud. This is this is not good. Um, we report, I don't know, bi-monthly on Movie Pass's death. I thought this company was dead and buried over the Memorial Day or July 4th weekend when they just ceased production. I yeah. guess they came back and kill it. You gotta kill this thing with fire. This is like Jason in the Friday the 13th series. <laughs> you gotta just get rid of this thing and go after it and cut the head off. This is bad, Mike. Their template has kind of been working for Regal Cinemas. For who? It's been working for AMC A-List. It's <laughs> yeah, been for working the, for, for the big art, Cinemark. for the big cinema change. Yes, and we, we've talked about that. That's where this model needs to live. It cannot live in MoviePass's hands. I would add to that sentence, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? That's just nail in the coffin. Yeah, that's Defend. it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree enough with, with MoviePass. I know how much more do we need to... They should probably, you know, from a legal standpoint, this is very close to, if not fraud. They should probably be in handcuffs for doing this. Especially if they're not going to let people cancel their memberships once they get on the phone with them. My which they've had a history of yeah. allegedly doing yeah. as well. So, there's smoke. die. Die, movie pass. There's smoke. There's fire. Good God. Moving on. Edgar Wright, Mike, his next movie is going to be called Last Night in Soho. It's got a scheduled release that just came out fall of 2020. Do we care? Oh, I love this. And this yeah. is kind of Oscar time, baby driver time, right? That yeah. was end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Early fall, was it? I think it was end of the summer. Of the baby, summer driver baby driver came yep. out a couple years ago. So they're actually moving this up into a more Oscar-y time slot. Feels good. Now, the influences on this movie are Repulsion. Just strange, Harrison Ford, and don't look now. The Nicholas Roeg movie, which is really weird. And this is going to be a, a half of it, or most of it's going to be a 1960s London. Great slash film article talking about the cast: Anya Taylor Joy, Thomas and Hardcourt McKenzie. Right there, those two. Those are two 
huge names. That Rising have, stars. Yeah, could have breakouts in a movie like this. That we absolutely love. Yep. And then you got Game of Thrones, Diana Rigg, Mozart's in the Jungles, Terrence Stamp. Uh, it's not The Queen. I always call it The Queen, but the Netflix show about Queen Elizabeth. The, the Crown. Crown. The Crown. Close. Matt Smith from The Crown. The cinematographer from Lady Vengeance and old boy Chung Hoon Chung. Mm. I'm... I'm totally into this just give it to me now focus features has the production and distribution rights for this focus features usually they're, they're like the model that anna perner should probably model themselves after yeah. if they're going to insist on being a distributor i can't say that word distributor to save my <laughs> goddamn life that's what i'm a lot of news stories today mike the final <laughs> one which is a fun one we had all the photos of the lady and the tramp doggies for the this. lady and the tramp remake i don't care about this but we needed this to end on just because we've had so much shit to slug through in this first <laughs> yes. half hour these dogs are adorable i would like to lay in a field and play with all of them yes, <laughs> yes. this is definitely worth your time it's uh, it's from people magazine you can see it on slash film go seek it out these dogs are perfect i love them I love life. Michael, <laughs> this is the doggy movie we want. Yes. We don't want a birth-to-death doggy movie where we have no. to be sad. No, God, The climax no. of Lady and the Tramp is a huge Italian man making a beautiful <laughs> meal of people food to dogs and giving them the dogs, and we watch yeah. them eat it. Yeah. It's like a Wednesday at the Also Mike house, <laughs> and it's, it's also just the glorious it and is. happy and wonderful. I refuse to see The Art of Raising in the Rain. Oh, my I'm mother's, so mad at My that. mother's birthday uh, is today, as a matter of fact, when we're recording this. So as a birthday gift, I gave her the book of The Art of Raising in the Rain, and I said, here, I will not see this movie with you. She wants to see She it. wants to see the movie, yeah. I, I can't. I, there's no way. She's got to explain that to me. <laughs> it's just like, I, I literally get angry when yeah. I watch the dog's journey, a dog's yeah, purpose. Uh, we all know where this is going. <laughs> I get angry yeah, when I, I watch Kevin Costner talking about The Art of Racing in the Rain. I me mean, I, I, Marley and me, I won't see. No, I, I, Mike, I, can't, I cannot. No, absolutely not. None of them. No. We're not tough enough. We're not tough enough. Kill all the humans you want. Do not touch a dog. <laughs> We're assholes. Talk about some audience interaction stuff. Six degrees of MMO. We had Marlon Wayne, star of the upcoming Netflix hit Sextuplets, <laughs> going to Isabella Monaire, who was just the star of the recently debuted Dora in the Lost City of Gold. What do we have for some awards here, Michael? The Annie Award. This is the Animation Awards. <laughs> Talk Zone Radio at Talk Zone Radio says Marlon Wayans voiced the dog in Marmaduke. i never seen it. Won't see it. No. Marmaduke with Owen Wilson, who voiced a McQueen in Cars all the Cars movies with Nathan Fillion Cars 3 was that particular movie Cars 3 with Nathan Fillion who was on Big Mouth with Jenny Slate who was in Lego Batman with Will Arnett who was in Nut Job 2 with Isabella Monaire is nice. that how you pronounce it Monaire? I think it's Monaire I think I'm not positive good yeah. Well, that sounds classic. Yeah. Right, that's what I think. Put a little, put a little French on the end of that there. <laughs> uh, that that's really fun, yeah, and that's really creative with all animation. I like too that we came out a couple weeks ago and said we're only doing three categories, and every week we no, just keep adding. Just too good. Category. They're too good. We got three efficiency award awards. Mike, go. John, efficient. Jonathan Michaels at Jonathan M underscore five zero seven. Marlon Wayans was in a haunted house too with Gabriel Iglesias, who was in the Nut Job too with Isabella Monaire. If you say so. No, good sure, job, I'll Jonathan. Your word for it. <laughs> Hoya eighty one at Hoya Row Hoya. Yaro, H-O-Y-A-R-R-A-O-W, Hoyero, 81, Marlon Wayans was in The Heat with Tony Hale, who was in Transformers The Last Night with Isabella Monaire. I didn't realize Isabella Monaire had such a lush CV to her name already, being in a lot of big pictures. Yeah, big and Tony well. Hale was in 
a Transformers movie. Weird. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I love him, though. He's hilarious. I bought the last night. It's upstairs. It's in packaging Why? stuff. Why? It's like five bucks at Stop and Shop. Don't do that. Zack Dynamite at the Boom Camel. <laughs> Marlon and James Black on an episode of the Wayne's Brothers. Yes. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. <laughs> episode 4-2, Prom Fright to James Black and Isabella Monaire in Legends of the Hidden Temple from 2016. I grew up on the Wayne's Brothers. I think I watched every episode. Give me a high five. Yeah. <laughs> So great. All right, the left peak of the Twin Peaks David Lynch Award this week goes to a podcast about something at APA something. Marlon Wayans was in Fifty Shades of Black with Mike Epps, who is in Uncle Drew with Rick Ross. Rick Ross was in Freak Nick the Musical with T-Pain, who was in Furious 7 with Ludacris, who was in On Top of the World, parentheses, Theater of the Mind, I guess that's a song. Featuring I think it's a music video, yeah. Music video featuring T.I., who is in Ant Man with Michael Pena, my favorite actor in Ant Man, <laughs> who is in uh, Dora the Explorer, Lost City of Gold, Isabella Monaire. I'm not getting any of the names or the titles right We're there. We're getting dangerously close to the people just straight out lying to us and daring us to check something because I, I pride myself on knowing a lot of pop culture. Right. There's some stuff I just, yeah, I'll take your word for it here. A lot of things I like, though. I mean, Uncle Drew was a fun watch, too, by the way. I have to watch it that. Was I almost watch. bought that as well at Target yesterday. Don't, but don't watch it on no, 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 uh, BOD. No, I can't do that. Uh, Invasion of the Remake, they get the right peak award of the Twin Peaks Awards at Invasion Remake. We have one. Marlon Wayans was in Senseless, which was directed by Penelope Spheris, who was in Wayne's World, which featured Meatloaf, <laughs> who sang I Would Do Anything for Love. Yes. Directed by Michael Bay. What? <laughs> Who, you know, did Transformers as Isabella Monaire. <laughs> Michael Bay did I Would Do Anything for Love's music video? Okay, I'm not even checking it. I just want it to be true. That music video is a mindfuck. It's it? like a take on Beauty and the Beast, where Meatloaf, this will shock you, plays the Beast. <laughs> Amazing. That's incredible. All right, so this is, you said the Elephant Man Award? This is another David Lynchian yeah. award. Why the Elephant Man Award for all the 90s pop song references? God, you put me on the spot here. You know, I, I, if it's the 90s, I might want to call it Lost Highway instead, because that makes at least more sense. All right, so this is the Lost Highway Award. <laughs> Dark Nook, act Dark Nook shop becoming a regular for yeah. us here. He goes, hey, remember the 90s? <laughs> oh, we do, Dark Nook, we do. Marlon Wayans introduced musical guest Crisscross on the May 29th, 1992 episode of In Liv- Living Color. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that year, Chris Ca- Chris Cross was on Oprah. Yep, with Marky Mark <laughs> Wahlberg, who starred in Transformers: The Last Night with Il- Isabella Monaire. I just want to know, like, is this an IMDb search? I, Does IMDb give you? He's got to yeah, give you specific dates. So, I is the Dark Nook Shop probably sells all nineties pop music I need to stuff. get into that brain because this right. isn't the first time he's dropped like specific dates and titles on us I just need to know how where it comes from I don't know where does the starting point come is from is there an IMDB for music videos <laughs> well, no I music videos are on they IMDb they show up yeah but and, yeah. like specific talk show dates yeah talk shows show up on IMDB too alright is he just clicking around? Is this what it is? It has to be. I want answers. Tell us how you do this. I want this answers, Dark Nook. Uh, the winner, it's been a while since he's claimed he's his, back. Rightful, his rightful spot on the throne. Woo! Neb is Ben makes his glorious return, and he goes, Hugh boy, do I have a good one for you. Marlon Wayans was nominated for Best Kiss, along with Brittany Daniel, at the 2007 MTV Movie Awards. 
They lost that award to Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Ferrell was also nominated in 2013 for Best On-Screen Duo with Zach Galifianakis, yes. who was nominated in 2010 as the Best Breakout Star along with Chris Pine, who was nominated for Choice Movie Ship. I don't know what that award even gives to at the 2017 Teen Choice Awards with Gal Gadot, right. who was also nominated for Choice Summer Movie Actress along with Isabella Monaire. Just incredible. All MTV Movie Awards submissions. All B-level award show <laughs> nominations <laughs> and wins. Just incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Now has been... Thank you for... It's a returning, conquering here. This is what I assume the third Lord of the Rings movie was about, The Return of the King. Basically. Nebus Ben coming no, that's back basically. to reclaim his... It's actually a little better. <laughs> ben, uh, ben Miller's. No, I, I, that's my least favorite Lord of the Rings movie. So you saw the two best ones, in my opinion. Fair enough. I know it won everything yeah, the at the Oscars. The Oscars disagree. And that's, it's pretty good. I but mean, at it, least we're not that kind of podcast. It's pretty good, but the first two are better. Come on. <laughs> Nebus Ben, you get to claim your rightful spot along the six degrees of MMO throne. You're sitting on that hovercraft down in the Louisiana bayou. I forget the name that you gave the guy. But it's Earl. Earl's uh, eating sardines. There, eating sardines yeah. on a... On a, a, a chair, it's made of wire hangers. They're painted light blue. There's strings God. on the back. At some point, I'm going. I I wish I had more to do in life where I didn't remember everything we've added every week to this fake thing. A lot of mosquitoes out there. A lot of mosquitoes down there. But Neb's got one of those masks with the veil. Mask with the veil. Yeah, so, so he's, he's okay safe. with the mosquitoes. Yeah, he's, he's mosquito free. Earl's got a SWAT, Earl's but he's used to it. He lives down there, and he he's smells like to, sardines. So he just lets them bite him. Right. Yeah. And they he die. just has <laughs> Earl has so many sardines in his system, right? And so many chemicals. He's, Earl's not a healthy man. That the mosquitoes die. Okay. At some point, that description is just going to take longer than this fucking show. Uh, that's your win this week. Neb has been for six degrees of MMO. Congratulations! All bragging rights of all things six degrees related are yours. Michael, do we have a challenge for the good people for this week? Yes. We're going to go with Star of Good Boys. Very funny trailers. Jacob Tremblay. Please be good. I hope so. I have high hopes for that movie. I do too. There's too many jokes in the trailer for <laughs> they, it to be good. Well, right? in all the trailers, right? There's like three yeah. trailers. And, there are and then they had clips come out this yeah. week, which I'm tempted to watch, but I'm not going to watch them because it's and more jokes. See, that we're... I wonder if we would be able to just to paste the movie together based Peace? on what they We probably could. Said. We probably could. Oh, God. So Jacob Tremblay, also the star of Room, great. Young actor, yeah. and uh, I'm a little worried for his soul that he's like doing this movie because this is a <laughs> dirty movie. It anyway. won't come out of the other side the same. <laughs> Jacob Tremblay, to we just talked about him, James Earl Jones. Yes. Voicing in The Lion King, voice of Dark Vader. They're playing a Major League Baseball game at the Field of Dreams. That was announced yes, this week. Yes, good job. James Earl Jones is going to be in the, the remake or the sequel to Coming to America. Jacob Tremblay, James Earl Jones. Voice impressions, please send those as well. <laughs> yeah, extra That's points if you can do a video of you doing a James Earl Jones <laughs> or a Jacob Tremblay voice for that matter. Uh, that is your Six Degrees Challenge for next week. Pivoting on to some sad news here, Michael. We lost Toni Morrison, uh, unfortunately, yes. this past week. She was the first black woman to win the Nobel Prize in literature, probably most well-known for her novel Beloved, which was adapted into a film starring Oprah and Danny Glover, and it even landed an Oscar nomination for costume design. She was well-respected. She was an advocate. She was a woman that wore more hats than we would even be capable of knowing to understand what she did. She was an editor, a writer, an author, a, not, a columnist, an activist. Yeah, playwright. 
all sorts of stuff all up and down the card. A huge loss, as it always is when we lose somebody so talented uh, and such an activist, such a loud voice for equal, for equal rights. Huge advocate for equality uh, and one of Oprah's favorite people. I mean, she, Oprah had a TV special, I guess I was reading on a Hollywood Reporter, where she just sat down with Toni Morrison over a meal and they were yeah. just talking about the ways of life. And God bless her. That's a, that's a tough loss. And we, you know, our hearts go out to her family. Thoughts yeah. and prayers to everyone involved there. And we're a hero to, to many this. and uh, should be a hero to most, yeah. if not all. Seemed and like a, a truly, truly decent human being that, that we unfortunately lost. We have no way to transition. We do want to talk about the box office real quick, though, Mike. Yeah, let's talk about that here. Pretty by-the-book box office. Hobbs and Shaw still wins the day. They're going to mm-hmm. be estimated at a $25 million weekend gross. They're over $100 million domestically already. They're in like the $336 million range worldwide yes. right now on a $200 million budget, so that's on its way to making money. Scary stories to tell in the dark, despite it's pretty much Polarizing debuts did open north of twenty million, uh, so that's probably good news. We would think the budget for that's got to be at forty million at most, right? Even if it's if it's even that high, I can't find it, but yeah. it's we'll see. I guess it all matters what the budget is, but that's a solid opening, Absolutely. six thousand theater average. Scary Stories was the highest grossing new title that debuted this week. Another new title that debuted this week that did not do well and is getting killed in reviews, and it's something we were hoping might have Oscar's legs or at least a sneaky pick, and it certainly does not seem the case, is The Kitchen. Elizabeth Moss is great in that trailer. I'm sad about this. I know you are as well yeah. because it's the writer of Straight, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Good interview on Andrea The Big Burloff. Picture. 5.5 million that's not going to do it that's not going to get it done once upon a time in hollywood came in fifth with 11.6 that's over 100 million door the explorer opened at 17 way too many new movies came out this week i'm a little worried for the farewell which only made 2.2 after going up in theaters yeah that came in 11th like some of these movies that we really like mike are getting drowned out by the fact that they kind of bottled all these new original properties all these new movies into this particular weekend that wasn't a, all that big of a weekend and is is this that disney owning the calendar kind of after effect here certainly something we've talked about and something that we got to perpetually keep our eye on it's not going to get any easier we just talked about all the new releases coming out this weekend that's only going to muddle this list even more yeah we don't want to see the farewell have to leave theaters yeah. because it's getting boxed out with all these very middling films. I mean, that's a out. that's a troubling sign that you go in three hundred. You're not in many theaters to begin with. You're in right. like four hundred maximum, and then you're in additional. You put it yourself out in three hundred more theaters, and you lose eight percent of your domestic box office on the weekend. That's sad, and it's unfortunate. And if the people didn't have all these other, many case bad options to go see. These a lot of these movies are getting crushed. So it's like they put out all these crappy movies this weekend, and the good movies are getting overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, I, yeah, God. Bad adaptations, Art of Racing in the Rain, The Kitchen, uh, Doors up there. These are, these are not original properties like we advocate for. These are properties that are adapted off of other novels, TV shows, etc. Which is, you know, make good movies, bottom line. But, all right, yeah, we're not we're not happy about yeah. the last week's... Uh, theatrical releases scary stories to tell in the dark was the only something new that i wanted to see i don't know about you i just want to see the international numbers for when tarantino goes yeah i do too it's over 100 million it's not enough yet we, we need that to make money yeah. overseas i really would like to see that do 200 million overseas all right let's go into some trailer thoughts trailer thoughts only a couple trailers of note that we're going to get into today Terminator Dark Fate had kind of a behind-the-scenes trailer. 
I thought this was really cool because we got James Cameron, Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about how they want this movie to remind people of the original two Terminators. We had Tim Miller, director of Deadpool, kind of being starstruck and tells, telling stories about being starstruck on set. Oh my God, there's Arnold. Oh my God, there's Linda Hamilton. I yeah, thought that was really cool. That is cool. And then, Mike, we got some really cool clips in this trailer. We did get some really cool clips. That's absolutely true. This I, I really want to see it. I'm very, very curious. I can't remember being interested in seeing a Terminator movie, uh, but I certainly am for this one. Mackenzie Davis is kicking some more ass. We got the Terminator getting like stripped down to its form, like it's just a skeletal form there. There's a scene, well, this is what we were hinting at when we were talking about the, the issue with the hunt, where Arnold's shooting a Terminator in the right. face with a machine gun over and over and over, and the Terminator just eats it, and that's, I mean, that's... Badass. I'm sorry. It looks it's cool. badass. Yeah. It's badass. It works in a fantasy way, but right. I guess if you have real life people, sure. it doesn't work. All right. But bottom line is, this is way more gunshots than the hunt. Absolutely. I can't help but wonder if Linda Hamilton is stealing from Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, whoever's casting this film and putting this film through development. It is a Jamie Lee Curtis effect. And you can go back further than that, but the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis crushed it so much, yeah. that, that movie did so well, no question about it. It's it's helping the fact they bring back the old characters from the original movies, Arnold and Linda Hamilton, and let's go crazy with them. And we love it. And we and Linda Hamilton perfected the art of the walk away after throwing a grenade. <laughs> yes, that was trailer. badass. Yes. I thought that was badass. She did it a couple times. But Linda Hamilton, r remind me... She wasn't like an ass kicker in the first two Terminators. The second movies. one she was. Was she? Yeah, the second right, one. It's been a while since awesome. I've seen it, so I, I just don't remember. But the first right. one, she was the damsel in distress, yeah. running from the Terminator. Of course, how could you be? She was like a you know twenty year old kid. What she's supposed to do? The second movie, she became the badass. Was, all right, good. I'm excited to see it. Regardless, I just wonder again if if Jamie Lee Curtis hadn't done so well and proved that that bullshit category of a woman being 55 or older leading a box office blah 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 which Let's is go. Uh, if that didn't do so well following didn't do so well with her at the helm there if this, this is greenlit this movie's gonna be good i think i hope so my I, fingers are crossed i think it looks great yeah uh trailer two from the adams family here it's another uh, cartoon the premise is that we're reintroducing the adams family to a generation of kids who may have never seen nor heard of the originals so i love so many things in this trailer i don't know yeah, about me you too. I mean, you're a fan of this property though. i do love the adams family okay yes. so I love the stormy zoom in and the bat <laughs> flying into the house. <laughs> then the the mother says, "What a lovely morning!" That's <laughs> hilarious. All right, I love that. What is that guillotine doing there? It's just ridiculous and macabre. It's our alarm and, clock. Right. Oh my god. The it red balloon joke. Love All right, that. meta enough for me to be happy. Welcome to New Jersey. <laughs> What are you looking at? <laughs> like, how that isn't actually the state slogan for New Jersey. What are you looking at? We can say this. We spend a lot of time in that state being from Connecticut. We, we do. So, that's perfect. That's funny. And Jersey people laugh hysterically. Yeah. That's on the street sign. The kid licking water out of the dog bowl on the street. The Franken dogs in the classroom. This was funny stuff. I laughed hard at the introduction <laughs> of that character. I won't ruin it, but there's an introduction of a character at the end of this trailer. Did not expect that that's where this was going. I might have said Franken dogs, Franken frogs. Frank yes, yeah, so, well, you did say Franken dogs. And it was Franken frogs. Yes, I, I was a little worried at first when I saw that they were reintroducing the Adams family, rebooting it, and it's like, you know, that's a weird property to reintroduce. The first trailer wasn't good. That's true too. Yeah, and I wonder if they they. Included too many jokes from the movie that are actually big payoffs from the movie. Maybe. And the best parts of the movie. We've seen that happen, too. Especially after trailer one kind of stinks. 
But we're seeing also in this trailer that they seem the movie seems to be focusing on the yeah. What's that? Beauty is but, only skin deep, or what's, it's, what's is, inside that counts type thing. This is the draw of the Adams family. Right. They're stuck in the middle of suburbia. Right. Compared, they're the fish out of water movie with all the other normies. And to be, this is perfect. I mean, honestly, we need more of that right now. In America. Obviously, we need more of that in America. That it's not on the outside that matters. I love this. So this is going to be a, a potential Oscar movie, though, too. I mean, the so? animation looks great. It's been uh, talked about in Best Animated Feature uh, conversation so far. It's in there with the buzz, so you never know. I would know. love it. I would love it. Yeah. I would also love to see it take down Frozen 2, but I don't see that happening. All right, Mike, a quicker what we're watching this week, but this is what we're watching. Thank you. You did see the souvenir. We talked about it last week on MMO. We talked, what did we talk about at Oscar Race Checkpoint? Yeah, because the newly elected president of the Academy, David Rubin, That's right. said it was one of his favorite movies of the year. Yes. And I could see it. This is like a movie lover's movie. Uh, it's an art film. It's about a serious subject that it doesn't market, though. So I get mad at the marketing. It's a bit frustrating. But I do love the way they handle this issue. I'm not going to spoil it. You have great acting. Cinematography is special. Like, her framing is special. Uh, I really think Joanna Hogg is a talent. The story starts dealing with this issue at arm's length. The issue itself, the fact that this is the subject of the movie, is a disappointment. So hmm. you think you're going into a movie that's more of a mystery, but it's a movie about vegetables. It's a movie about an issue that is kind of a bummer, man. So that's, FYI. That so stinks. It, so that stinks. Hmm. And it has a 33% audience score. So I was kind of pissed about how they handled all that. I think if you tell people it's about... This is what it's about. I think it was a misdirect is what's been disappointing people. Yeah, but you get it at arm's length for most of the movie, and then you get, like, you dive deep into the issue, and I'm like, all right, you got some incredible scenes to finish this film. I think it's realistic. I think it's really poignant, and the, the catharsis is there. Tilda Swinton has a scene in this movie. Like, that one scene tells me, like, she's ready for an Oscar push at some point very soon, if not for this movie, hmm. for Best Supporting Actress. She's just kind of in the background letting her daughter be be the star of the film. Her daughter's going to have a future in this business, mm -hmm. my friend. And then Tilda brings it. She's like, I'm still Tilda Swinton. <laughs> oh, my God. What a yeah. great scene. I still have to see that. I am very curious about it. It's, it's a little disappointing to hear. Strange. but Yeah, I, I do want to check it out. Yes. It's 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 worth your time, but you got to be ready for a, right. a hardcore art film. Barry season two, Mike, there are some of the best episodes of television, period. I tried telling you. <laughs> it, it took 12 episodes to get there. I still don't know if the tone works, but best episode of yeah. the year of anything I watched. And, we, and that includes all the Game of Thrones stuff. What the hell? Now, I'm rooting against Barry. I'm at the point where I'm just rooting against Barry. Oh, Barry, really? Okay. I'm done with him. Huh. I hate him. And he's he's assassinated that character so many times. Done with them. That's not I'm rooting, his fault. I, I'm rooting for everybody else. <laughs> I'm rooting for that little girl. I'm rooting for everybody else. I hate all the actors, though, too. <laughs> so I'm like, hate watching some of this. But, no, I, I like some of the actors. They're I fun. think Bill Hader deserves the Emmy. I, I really, really do. I'm Team Hank, by the way, too. Team Hank. Give me, I'm rooting for Hank. And Cristobal. I want Hank and Cristobal floating away on the ship Live Forever you at the end of this. You are a bizarre man. <laughs> they're the fun character, but they're terrible people. Yes! They're far worse than Barry. They're far worse than Barry. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Mike, I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. So did I. That team sucks. <laughs> this was awkward, wasn't it? Team's in this, trouble. This was like all cover your ass stuff. Gruden talking about rules and regulations. Gruden talking about don't hit during a walkthrough. All stuff I agree with as a coach, but like I'm not a fan of this show. Like why? Like that shouldn't be the show. Dive into the football or 
Yeah, give me the like Gruden actually coaching, not Gruden being like the disciplinarian. What Here's the hell are they secret. doing? I don't think Gruden can coach in 2019. I think he's a relic. Um, what the hell was this? Is the Hard Knocks episode coming Tuesday after all this drama with Antonio Brown, yeah. where the Raiders were like, I, we don't know where he is. If it's not at one an hour this of week. that. Oh, my God. If it's not an hour of Antonio Brown, then they're idiots. This might be must-see TV this yeah. Tuesday. I mean, this yeah. might be a point in television. Well, I tell you what, though. Episode one was a fart in the wind. I agree. Episode two, you got you got some real stuff to dive into. I rewatched a couple things real quick. Avengers Endgame, still great, still emotional, which was incredible. Rocket Man made me as angry as it made me happy. I rewatched Rocket Man. The musical goods delivered are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. There are moments where I am like in tears. The music is so good, and the spectacle is so good, Agreed. and the music videos are so good. And then the dialogue is so bad. Once these characters open their mouths and deliver lines, Taron Egerton is good, but like the dialogue he has to work with is gruesome and awful, and I hate every second of it. And if this movie missed opportunities, if, we did talk about it in our if, review. If Taron Egerton in Rocket Man and Leo in Hollywood were delicious Italian dinners, <laughs> what would they be? No. Just like this movie. Oh, God. That's it. I don't. I, Taren Ed, the correct answer is Taryn Edgerton would be overcooked eggplant parmesan. <laughs> and Leo would be the most succulent, delicious. I don't even know. A prosciutto? I'm worried about Zupa you. Zupa right I'm worried about you. Zupa, Zupa to something. Yeah. Zupa, to, Zupa to fucking. I don't know what you're. You're out of your mind. I haven't eaten in a while. You haven't eaten. You want. You want Italian tonight. <laughs> you're tired. We're going too long today. I also watched what might be the new falling asleep movie, and that is the favorite. I watched it in four parts. Really. It was perfect to go to sleep to it, to put me to sleep every time because I'm so familiar with it. Is I've seen this it like a good five thing times. or a bad? You talk I about falling asleep know. movies often. Capote, Oscar winner. Goodwill Hunting, Oscar winner. The favorite. Those are my Oscar winner. Those are three <laughs> going to sleep movies. It's something about like and Steve Jobs is a good going to sleep movie. Oscar nominated. It's something about like a movie that you need to be familiar with. Like Sean Fennessy talked about this recently, I think it was, or it was a Bill Simmons, whatever, something on the ringer. They're talking about movies that you can fall asleep to. It's got to be something familiar that you're not, You're. it's not something new and unexpected. You need something that you know what's going to happen and that will put you to sleep. Cause I, I don't know why it works, but it works. So Turn the TV off. There you go. But go to the, bed. That was my week of movie watching, Mike. Uh, I talked about Dark Age by Pierce Brown. Glorious if you need sci-fi. I, I, it's a 38-hour book or 34-hour book, whatever it was. It was great. And you I finished listened, that up. It was worth your time, huh? Yeah, and I kind of it got me into the audiobook listening mode because I listened to Caddyshack, The Making of Hollywood Cinderella Story. Part futile and stupid gesture. You get a lot of that story about Doug Kenny. Part making of Caddyshack. I'll be honest with you, I was a little disappointed by this book, but no. it's okay. Like, I, I knew most of it. How I, many books have you gone, roughly, in 2019 so far? What would you, not what would you say? Not enough at all, because I'm listening to so many podcasts. Right. I was averaging 50 books a year, oh, and a lot of Christ. those were audible, audible, audiobooks. Most of them were audiobooks. Sure, but still. I've listened to so many more podcasts this year, because we're doing the indie podcasting mm-hmm. thing, and I've gotten into so many of our friends' right. shows. Uh, feeling film, in session film, next best picture, all of our friends, uh, and their, their stuff is good. So I've just been listening mm. to that more than I've been doing the Audible thing. So I'm only up to ten books on this year. And wow. I, I, I'm going to come way short of my Goodreads goal. <laughs> well, I don't even know what Goodreads is. 
so you're ahead of the game from where I stand. That was supposed to be a short segment, and it was a long segment for me. What have you been watching? I dread what we're watching every week, because you always have a litany of things, and I have, like, Big Brother again. Uh, (laughs) I was Big Brother. I have stuff for what we're watching this week. No, you do. I actually watch stuff. Good. Uh, I watched Long Shot, which was the the Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron. Uh, There's no reason that shouldn't have made money. I mean, that's that's a very funny Funny, movie. Funny. Well acted, a decent premise. Mm -hmm. That should have made money in theaters. For the love of God. You laugh like a goofy idiot, right? Yeah, put money into original pictures, please. Keep making these movies. we got to go see them. You're absolutely right. I watched I Spit on Your Grave, too, just because I really wanted a horror movie. Really? It was, was terrible. Like, I I understand it's it's rape and all that, and that's what the whole premise of the Sp- I Spit on Your Grave series yeah. is. The, still, the first one was, like, a good revenge movie. Okay. It's, it is. It's, like, decently made revenge movie. Now, this is a 70s film that was remade, yes. right? Yes, And so this sequel is it's to the It's a sequel the to the remake. remake. Yeah, okay. and it's just terrible. I, I gave it a D plus. It's bad. Wow. Not worth your time. You haven't given a D plus no. in a while. Yeah, no, especially to a horror movie. Don't go see it. Don't see it. Don't get out of your way to not see it. And you watch the whole thing. Yeah. I, I said I hate leaving movies early. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, I'm in the middle of another horror movie. I'll get to it at the end of this right now. I watched The Great Hack, which is on Netflix, which is all about the Cambridge Analytica stuff, uh, how the the Russian hack kind of had an effect on the election of 2016, how Cambridge Analytica took all the, the data, our data, mm-hmm. from Facebook and the social media sites and kind of what they're doing with them and the whole, this is a new age of terrifying, terrifying danger. We were all in trouble. It's apocalypse. Don't worry. We'll get through it. And Maybe that, not. Who cares? That's why I haven't watched it yet because I just it's don't want to feel so bad there's no, oh, about you the feel, world. I felt I I was talking to my buddy who's you know he's big into tech he's he's a computer engineer he watched the Great Hack when it's when it first came out yeah and I was like what do, what do we do <laughs> like what can we do so this is truly a the sky is falling documentary or it's just that's the feeling we have because we're phobic of this thing or why? how does the documentary yeah, probably go? more the latter okay. I mean they don't they don't posit themselves to be like it's the end of the world right but if you think critically about what you're being shown and the information that they're telling you yeah it's fucking terrifying and then you add in the deep fake stuff that we talked about earlier and my i mean they could make a carbon copy of me right now if they got a video of my face anywhere saying things that i put online in these social media sites and it wouldn't be me and it would be absolutely believable and researchable and it's it's fucking terrifying how do you stop it you don't you can't that's why i'm just going to go cry i cry after every single recording we do (laughs) um it is important though i would go out of your way to see it just to be in the know but you are going to be depressed at the end of it wow i watched the informant so this is matt damon steven Steven soderbergh Soderbergh. i love this movie i absolutely love that movie i'm surprised to hear you say that i remember seeing this way back and not being a huge fan or just being blah or I, i don't if it's an, I could I could see the argument for Damon because he's doing a lot in this performance. So is this another case where this movie came out during Oscar season? It was supposed to be an Oscar movie, so. and yeah. it came, fell short of that. But it's still good. It just was released at the wrong I time. I think that's of year. exactly what it is. Uh, that's actually what I was what I was going it's to say. It's so an Oscar season casualty. It, is that a not, new? Yeah, you might be on a new phrase. Yeah. Is that my phrase or am I stealing it from somewhere? I don't know. I'll give you credit. I don't care. Fuck them. Oscar race. <laughs> it's actually a good movie. If it came out in February. Yeah, if you, you show would... it in like May, right. you might get people in the theater to see it. But if you show uh, I would think downsizing might fall into that category too, which sure. was another Matt Damon picture of a couple of years ago. Um, but I really like this one. I mean, it's it's fun. It's quick. It's an interesting story. It's the informant story, but it goes in a direction that you don't see a lot of these. Inform- like the stakes aren't as high and they're not as high because the protagonist in this movie yeah. is a doofus. 
<laughs> it's like the man who knew too little, but if he has very prevalent secrets, it's it's, it's pretty good. I gave it an 85B all day. Okay. Solid B. Yeah, it's September 18th this came out in 2009, so we were right. It was an Oscar race yeah. casualty. I remember, I, remember, I remember seeing the previous for it, too, and being like, that looks weird. I just remember all the Oscar sites were like, this is going to be a right. contender at the time. Matt Damon attached yeah. to anything gets that credit. I mean, fucking The Martian was okay, not an Oscars movie. Downsizing, okay, not an Oscars movie. The Informant, it's a good movie, not an Oscars movie. Well, The Martian was nominated for a million things. Yeah, though. it was nominated for Golden Globes too. It was nominated. For, it was. I don't. It's not. An but Oscar you, movie. you don't. You you disagree yeah. that. Yeah, I disagree. Oscar yeah, movie. seven Oscars, but it was an Oscars movie. It's not an Oscars movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched Little Hours, which I had to remind myself from apparently is on this list because I don't remember seeing it, but I watched it. I remember it now. Weird right. movie. All right, so I was so disappointed by that movie when it came out. Like, it's a lot darker than I thought. Talk it was. about. It has like five good jokes in there. Yeah. All five jokes are in the trailer. Yeah. I remember seeing this in theaters. Like, I was so oh, bummed. Yeah. It's because, not what you think it is, especially with that cast attached. Yeah. It's such a slow movie. Yeah. Like, if this movie shouldn't be allowed to get a trailer. I know it needs to, <laughs> but do something. Like, I, I was disappointed because I love the cast. And I was, I was Same into here. that. I, I'm idea. a 76, 77 on it. You, yeah. you don't have to go out of your way to see it. Last thing I have on my list, just because I was looking for another movie to watch, uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. You did? That's funny. It's fun. It's nice. I like that. I downloaded the soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. A lot of alternative music. I'm, I know people love this movie. They swear by it. But it, I'm sure your brother's got to be one of these people. He has to love this movie. Really? This is, I mean, it's tailor made for him. I, he and I might have been past it though. We might have been too old for this movie. I demand to have your brother watch this movie. I, I don't know. I if need. Seen. I need to have this happen. I need to. Oh, well, we start where we where we end where we started. <laughs> My brother is, and I just saw a concert last time night. Time is indeed a flat circle. We. I mean, look. I was. I'm exhausted because I was in the riding the vomit comet home last night from New York City. <laughs> I saw this in Queens, and Gotta I get a new name for that. <laughs> I am too old for the vomit comet. It's poor marketing. It is the longest train ride. Like, I should not drink just to drive us there and back. We would have been home three hours earlier. It was wonderful. And I told you in pre-production, my fantasy, my fantasy night out is to be able to go to a concert like that, walk home five minutes, take a shower, and go to bed. And that would be my fantasy. That would be the greatest night out ever of my life. Instead, we had to sit in squalor on the Metro North train was there, home. Was there a couple arguing? That's always good, too. There was a drunk couple yes! who wanted me to just move my seat. I'm like, you can sit. I, I was In my fantasy world, I'd tell them off and say, you can sit in the other chair. But I said nothing, and they I just like looked at them for a half a second, and they walked away. And one of them sat down, and the other one sat somewhere else. So I almost lied to you. <laughs> about the fact because it was, I was thinking about it for three hours on the on the train home and just like oh, I want to tell this person off so bad no you don't get to make me move my seat I'm in a comfortable seat was it packed was there a lot of people on it so many people there's too many people in the in in the world I'm becoming a supervillain if I would become a supervillain or I'd be able to write supervillains with just destroy the world pl plans if I Go on more Vama comments. I don't know if you set this up purposely, but that's a great segue into a big <laughs> announcement that we've teased. Uh, we're going to be doing a series on the Joker. Yeah! <laughs> so he is riding public transportation too often in New York City, and, or Gotham, obviously. Oh, yeah, it's the same thing. New York City. Yeah. And therefore becoming a supervillain. So yeah. riders ride public transportation. They think dark thoughts. They, they write... 
evil characters. Right, and that's where we come in. We're going to be uh, doing a full breakdown and analysis of the Joker's portrayal in cinema and other... I mean, there's other aspects we're going to touch on as so well. So this is really cool. We're going to have four or five segments, and we're going to focus on the character study. Yes. So we're going to begin, I think, with Cesar Romero's 1964-1966 movie. I forget which year it was. The Batman, yeah. the movie... Or Batman the movie, and that's how we're going to begin things. Then we're going to get into Nicholson, and we're going to go chronologically. I think Heath Ledger will be net with the next with the Dark Knight. No, probably Mark Hamill. After, oh, Mark Hamill the, for a lot of Jeff, the animated yeah. stuff. All right, so then we'll have Heath Ledger. So then we're, we'll t- have we're Zach touching Galvin on Marcus. a lot of different media. Yeah. We're going to be doing cinema mostly, but we are going to touch on TV. There's going to be a little video game talk in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do all kinds of stuff, but like Mike said, it's not going to be this in depth. Uh, series as, say, the Tarantino rewatch was, because right. we're not analyzing the films holistically. We're analyzing the character of the Joker, his portrayal, his historical impact, etc., etc. Uh, that's going to be our next big series. We're going to probably do about one of those episodes per week up into and through the Joker's debut October 4th, the new Joaquin Phoenix movie from Warner Brothers. So you got that to look forward to. We tease yep. you with a big announcement. That's what it's going to be. We'll hope you put a smile on that pretty little face. <laughs> that's Mike Mike and Oscar Weekly. We- I- I'm curious to go back and rewatch the original Batman movie because I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to watch all of this. I grew now. up on yeah. that goofy Adam you West said shit. That. Yeah, you said I you really did. did. Uh, my uncle. That was in the Uncle Al vault of the VHS cabinet, and I watched it a lot. I, I don't think I've ever seen the original, oh, so I'm excited. God. You're to see in for a treat or not. <laughs> so we'll see how that guys. Guys, we want to know your comments, questions, thoughts, concerns on anything we did here in Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly or anything else we do in the MMO universe. You could reach out to us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere. You hear podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes is Apple Podcasts. We didn't do the ask at the beginning of the show because we're bad people, but please, if you have a moment of your day, you appreciate what we do here. A lot of you have been leaving us five-star reviews. We truly, truly appreciate that. Just keep that up. We're trying to hit that 200 mark, uh, 200 five-star reviews. That means a lot for us so we can apply for this next step that we want to do for Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and for you, quite frankly. If you can take a couple seconds out of the day, go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down on the Mike, Mike, and Oscar page, and just leave a five-star. Click the five stars there. You'll see it there for you. Michael, words of wisdom, I something else, I end this. Have, I don't have any wisdom. <laughs> I don't. I, don't take the vomit comment. Don't, yeah. If you're if you're old mm-hmm. and if you're used to driving cars <laughs> and being in control of your own destiny, it's hard to go back to, to Metro North. When you're alone and life is <laughs> making you lonely, but, you can always go. I guess, here's wisdom. Vomcom. <laughs> here's wisdom, right yes, here. You yes, ready? Yes, go ahead. Live near a concert venue, because then you That's can... That's terrible. <laughs> no, it's... All right, look it. This place had a curfew at 10 o'clock, so you got to deal with some noise. Yeah, some flotsam. You got to deal with some noise mm-hmm. if you're living in that neighborhood. But, this is a beautiful neighborhood in Queens, by the way. The Forest Hills is in a tennis uh, stadium. Oh, wow. You could live my dream, my fantasy, of going to the concert, leaving, taking a shower, and going to bed, and, and have a full belly, and just be like, ah, oh, that's just, a, you know, and be be in bed an hour later. That's, Do as also Mike says, not as also Mike does. I think that is a great... You don't agree with me? Like, this is a great thing? 
That's my fantasy. I That's can't stand. Literally, physically, I don't. I can't stand anymore. There are so seats, not... Mike. You can sit in the <laughs> stadium. You don't have to stand around. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make a Warrior season year-round without the stuffiness. Enjoy SummerSlam. Hopefully it was good by the time you're listening to this. We'll see you soon. See ya.